Welcome to the Love Winecast, a joint production between Love Wine, an independent wine merchant located in Jersey in the Channel Islands, and two local award-winning podcasters, Mike Dean and Rob Dudley. Right, Chardonnay. Let's talk about Chardonnay. We're doing Chardonnay. We're doing Chardonnay. Chardonnay month? Yeah. Chardonnay, Chardonnay month. I feel like it's been a month. <laughs> it's been a while, actually, since yeah, I last yeah, one. It has, yeah, it's been a little while. Um, but, yeah. but when you said we're doing Chardonnay, um, yes, not Chardonnay from Footballers Housewives. Chardonnay is in the great variety. <laughs> Good. That'd be embarrassing my wife's in the <laughs> room. <laughs> that would be awkward. Desperate uh, to get that gag in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now here she is. Yeah, but that was back in 2002 and I never watched it. But wow. it's a good Chardonnay joke in any case. So it's good. They're definitely really topical then and that's good. A lot of people will. <laughs> it does speak, however, to the cultural impact of Chardonnay and its general yeah. appeal. And In all seriousness, there was actually its a image. called Chardonnay. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Oh yeah. boy, it was it was it was, uh, it was an Essex Essex based uh, thing. Yeah, no, it was, it well, was, uh, right. was massive in the eighties, so I suppose people probably thought, "Oh, that's a classy now." I think, to be honest, as we're about to show, Chardonnay's still pretty damn massive now. Thank you very much. Yeah, but it was anyway. We'll get to that. It was. It got ruined by the Australians, I think. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, it, it was. Uh, they put oak chips in it and and, and over over ripened it and mm. uh, and basically it was uh, tropical um, tropical fruit high alcohol. Tastes like mangoes. Is fifteen percent and we've steeped it yeah. in oak chips. Yeah. Yeah. Since then, a lot has changed. Mm. A, a lot. And we're going to taste something a bit later from Australia, which you'll see. But um, it's a high acid grape. Um, yep. It is a medium weight grape. Um, incredibly versatile. Winemakers love it because you literally can do anything from uh, sparkling wine mm. uh, to nice, lean, fresh, um, crisp whites all the way through. So that's to like whites, so like ubiquitous, isn't it? The, uh, this, the small amount of reading I did about it is that it's it depends entirely on the terroir, the temperature, the climate, sorry, and what they actually physically do to it yes. can make yeah. run the gamut of what you can get out of it, which is yeah. why it's... Yeah, but also, it grows everywhere. I think, yeah, it does grow everywhere. Aromatically neutral. Okay. So I think, I think you've got you've got you've got different levels of depending on where it actually mm. grows. So yeah. let, we can we could just talk about this in terms of cool climates. So mm. let's say Champagne and Chablis, mm-hmm. where you're going to get steely kind of medium to light high acid mm. apple and green plum kind of greener yep. fruits, yeah, yep, yep. Uh, very mineral-driven. Mm. Um, they do, uh, naturally, um, Chablis, for example, will pick up a lot of its kind of minerality within the soil. Yeah, so like Chablis is all like limestone and stuff, right? Which is why they say it's so dry and it's got that high minerality. Yeah, uh, well, Kimmeridgian. Yes, Kimmeridgian yes. Ridge, right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got um, you've got slightly warmer climates, which allow for a little bit, little bit more citrus. Mm. So it develops on from that green Okay. Character, and then you've also got the hotter regions, which are more into the exotic uh, melon and stone fruit characters. Yeah. They get um, mango and all sorts of stuff out. Of banana it, so. and wow. what have you. And yeah. I think that latter, the latter, like the exotic, was when you used to overripen. They used to overripen yeah. where, wherever that may be. I'm not going to blame it all on the Aussies, mm. but uh, wherever it <laughs> but may we, be, we're keeping an eye on you. So just watch yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it could be hot, hot regions, very full-bodied. High in alcohol and, and low in acidity, and that's a big thing when, like, when wine became more of a home drinking thing as opposed to a specialist or not even just like a restaurant thing. Very fruity, high alcohol, and very sweet, quaffable wine is just super popular. So if they could make it by the bucketful or giant barrel load. giant bucket barrel load, I was going to say giant <laughs> bucketful, but yeah, barrel is probably a bit better. Um, yeah, then why wouldn't they? If they were to sell a load of it. But I think that's what happened. Was it the 70s? Yeah. Well, it, I, the, I, the 70s, 80s, 80s, yeah. 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 yeah my so history is like, not Basically, amazing, like, just but... ruined the Chardonnay. Was that and the arrival of the Bulgarian soft red? The Bulgarian soft my red. My parents used to drink something called Bulgarian country wine. <laughs> was, the Bulgarian I, co- was that uh, not um, uh, Dracula's, <laughs> Dracula's <laughs> blood or something like that? <laughs> no. not, Bulgarian it, country wine, it was white wine. And I remember how I remember being a kid and being able to smell how sweet it was just when it was in a glass on the table. And that was before I'd had three or four. Well, the shardy, so the shardy <laughs> from Australia used to come along and kind of, they, what they, they thought they'd just like 
paint a picture of this amazing surf culture yeah, yeah um, beautiful bet, yeah. sunshine and they had this kind of tropical tropical juice that was coming over mm-hmm. in wine formats and that's when wine became popular because before mm. it was the uk was actually a or england was just a was it a beer just a beer yeah, swilling yeah. kind of culture mm-hmm. and then that's what introduced wine and then wine started to go straight into the realms of the I don't know. <laughs> Surely, yeah. You can like, cut that out if you want. I mean, like the, the more hoity toity, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. And the drink, yeah. It kind of lost its way to everyone didn't want to drink wine when they went to pubs because it was too yeah, yeah. it was too much it was too but then it was four quid a glass and it was massive and it was really sweet and it got you absolutely yeah. paralytic so it, they, it, also, <laughs> it was i mean there's not to put too fine a point on it it was a it was classy yeah yeah it was it was a step Except above it, it what wasn't. people thought they were but no no glass of chardonnay yeah yeah but it wasn't it wasn't reachable for a lot of people and i think that's mm. the problem and then and then the aussies actually brought it in and it actually became mm. Um, approachable and acceptable, and and, and yeah. the, so yeah. that was that was good. I mean, kind of digress from what Chablis, uh, so what Chardonnay is in general. But Chardonnay, as you said, Rob, around the world grows around the world. It's an international grape variety. It um, is very versatile. Winemakers love it. Um, so whatever they do with the wine actually comes to the forefront of the yeah. of the the drink itself. Um, and then without going into too much detail, you have um, a process called malolactic fermentation, which is green acid. So kind of apple acid, malolactic, mallow, into malic, into lactic, which mm-hmm. is your lactic acid, your dairy acid. So it's another fermentation process that happens within the barrel or within the, the vat after, mm. generally in the barrel, which turns the harsh acid into like softer a rounder, acid, softer. People rounder. say buttery, don't they? But it's buttery. Like well, this is kind of the hot problem that was with the Australians is they they overdid the malolactic, mm. the mallow, yeah. and that went from all the way through to super buttery high alcohol yeah, yeah. overripe. And Chardonnay's not the only white wine that undergoes malolactic fermentation. Loads of them do. No, it's no, just no, this absolutely. is partic- Chardonnay's particularly known for that really round, buttery. Mm. I feel like I've been chewing the side of a pine table. Just gonna say. I'm- you know, for my Australian peeps, I actually really like it when you get like a full blown shardy that's just gone. Do you really? Yep, oaky wow. as balls, yeah. the wow. creamiest, butteriest thing on the planet. You, do I drink it? Do I put it on a crumpet? Not sure. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Well, that's, I have to admit, I think that's a slight, slightly dying style. Well, it is a dying style. It's di- getting difficult to find. Yeah, especially in Australia. Australia no, it's all like, oh, it's all green Australia, fruit and light. Yeah. God damn it. I've, I've poo-pooed Australia, but they're on their A game. They literally are on their A game with this. And they're rivaling well, you've got something the to best of the is, best. Yeah, yeah. It's 100%. Yeah, like, yeah. We're talking ages ago. Yeah. We're talking commercial Yeah, and you're talking like your you equivalents of your, like your Blossom Hills and all that kind of crazy, massive, mass mass fermented. Got to tell you, I do love a Blossom Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Do you like the Zinfandel no. or the White Hill? No. Yeah, the Blossom Hills. I like no, I just like White. The Blossom Hills. <laughs> pink Zin. The Blossom Hills Pink Zin yeah, is my favourite. <laughs> anyway, this Malolactic, yes. which we'll go back to, that's what adds the, yeah. the butteriness, the mm. hazelnutiness, mm. the character. Mm. Without that, you just get, you, you do get more of a Chablis-esque and unwooded mm. um, Chardonnay mm. character, which is more apple and lean and fresh and zingy. So that's that's a that's a quite that's important a, thing a, to a concentrate on. A lot of people on. will say they don't like Chardonnay and don't realise what they, what they do drink is Chardonnay just by a different name. So a lot of people I know love Chablis but don't like Chardonnay. Yeah, you're okay. Like, well, like, well, it's, it's a start. It's a start. It's a thing. It's just a different. Yeah, it's an, it's, a, it's something that can can happen um, because you associate Chardonnay with yeah. uh, with generally with barrel aging because Chardonnay takes really well. Yeah. To wood. Yep. Um, so that malolactic, which removes that green acid into the more dairy acid. Yeah. Um, but then with Chablis, if you have Chablis on the label. Just Chablis, not the Premier Crew mm. or the Grand Crew. Chablis is pretty much, unless specified, um, but pretty much unwooded. It right, doesn't okay. see wood. Okay. Therefore, it's never always, got wood. Never got wood. So if you've got, say, for example, unwooded Chardonnay, you're really, you could probably take a pick at anywhere which is kind of Chablis 
or entry-level wines from Chile, New Zealand, other parts of France. Okay. There are naturally going to be higher-end, unwedded stuff, mm-hmm. but it's specifically done and probably going to be incredibly good. There's, there's, mm-hmm. There are unwedded um, Premier Cruz, Right. But also wooded Premier Cruise. It just depends on, of Shabby Premier Cruise, unwooded mm. Premier. It, it really depends on what the winemaker, the stylistic right. quality okay. that the winemaker wants to go for mm. at that level. And then Grand Cru, pretty much, or Shabby Grand Cru is pretty much always mm. um, seat time barrel. More like it's kind of partner down um, in Burgundy. So, like traditionally, well, say Burgundy, back Shabby in the, is Burgundy, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Further down. Further so down, Burgundy. Back in the day, when they were first, Chardonnay was actually first being made as Chardonnay. Would it have been heavily wooded, or was it just like a, it would, again, just there wasn't an original recipe, original type of Chardonnay? It's just been. Well, I think it depends on where it's made. Right, sure. If you're going to break it down to its basics, um, the main part of Burgundy, so from Dijon down. Mm-hmm. Down to the down to Beaujolais, mm. um, the area um, down the Seine, you've got um, the majority of it is all slight parts of Macaroni, mm. Macaroni. It's all going to be a lot of it's going to be barrel aged. Right. Okay. Um, it's, it's obviously it's very close to Pinot Noir. Mm. It's actually related. Yeah. Pinot Noir is the kind of other the red grape. <clears throat> um, it is actually Pinot Chardonnay is Pinot Noir's daughter. Right, okay. Although they sit next to each other um, as peers in, in Burgundy. Um, but there's, okay, so there's a chance crossing, and I've written this down, mm. so I'm never going to remember it. <laughs> but there's a chance crossing of Pinot Noir, an obscure grape variety called Gouet Blanc. So produced by a popular wine. It was a popular wine, basically, grape in the world. But Gouet Blanc is virtually non-existent in France today. It is thought to have been brought to Burgundy by the Romans between the 5th and 10th centuries. Right. So they cross-pollinated the Pinot Noir and what the Romans brought over. What have the Romans ever done for us? Chardonnay is the answer to that. Chardonnay. And yeah. that probably came from the actual village Chardonnay. I guess, yeah. In yeah. the Burgundy region. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, uh, to be honest, I, one of the first things I should have learnt, but I'd forgotten there was a village called Chardonnay. <laughs> 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 you should. I should have thought where well, Chardonnay. Uh, but I, I'm go. guessing they're used to being slightly overshadowed by now. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so Pinot Noir and uh, Gouet Blanc also are also the proud parents of Gamay. Right. So My the red of Beaujolais. Yeah. Um, Melon de Bourgogne, okay. which is our friend in Nantes. So um, Muscadet. Okay. White Muscadet, Blanc Frankish, and Auxerrois. I will not pretend to have heard of the last two. Oxawas. Yeah, yeah. Frank is Austrian. Yeah. All right, okay. Oxawa is um, further inland towards Loire, okay. I believe. All right, Shoot cool. me if I'm wrong. Mm. <laughs> cool. Uh, so there we go. Um, but it was a historic legend of France that goes that, that Chardonnay owes its popularity to. The mm. wife of the Emperor Charlemagne. Have you heard Charlemagne? Coton Charlemagne? Charlemagne? One of the top. Yeah, well, yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. So sure, one of the yeah. top... One of the top um, um, wines in Burgundy, mm. demanding incredible prices, mm. um, and this is this is from the Emperor uh, Charlemagne, uh, who ordered the white wine grapes right. to be planted in Burgundy because she was fed up with the red wine stain oh, wow. staining her husband's beard whilst <laughs> he was drinking. Amazing! Yeah. You know you drink a lot of wine when your beard is stained red. That's something to shoot for. That is also. I mean, missing your mouth much? I guess it must be the goblets. Those <laughs> yeah, goblets, yeah, those silver, exactly, yeah. Silver goblets that just I mean, didn't work. I've been sloppy drunk before, but damn, that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there we go. Um, but yeah, Burgundy is really Chardonnay's home mm. land. Right. Burgundy does include Chablis. But we've got, what have we got? We're, we're tasting two wines. I pulled out a Chablis, mm-hmm. a little half bottle of Chablis. Uh, by Domaine de Colombier, which is a small independent winery. You can tell by the small person carrying the barrel on their shoulder. Oh. Yeah. That means independent. It is on the label. One of the big Vigneron houses. Independent, which is basically oh, everything. Okay. That they, they have the whole. They right. Have, they own Interesting. Everything. Okay. It's quite important. I mean, I'd suggest that there's a lot of winemakers from estates which are independent. Okay. Yeah. But when it comes to champagne, this is something really... 
to look at because mm. this is the difference between the big champagne houses Grand Marks and yeah. Independence yeah, yeah. and that's where the value comes from right so Chardonnay is a huge, has a huge influence in, in Champagne obviously because mm. it's one of the main grape varieties mm-hmm. so this is the part that we all love Chardonnay being versatile has um, makes sparkling wines it makes mm. still and makes still lean and still rich so yeah Creamy white wines. Asian Everything oak. in between, isn't it? It's amazing. It's yeah. a bit like, um, I mean, Chenin Blanc does the same thing. and mm. It has a quite a versatile repertoire. Right. Um, but Chardonnay can sharpen Cremor. It can sharpen all, this, all the um, the Southern Hemisphere sparklings and and, and Champagne and, and, uh, mm. and, 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 and um, Italy as well, mm. etc., etc. So it's, um, it's a cool, it's a, it's a great, great variety. So we've gone through unoaked Chardonnay, mm-hmm. B and Chablis, and then the cheaper wines from Chile, New Zealand, and other parts of France, especially in the south of France. Okay. We're very, so very down good down Chardonnay down, down there, but f- f- a better price point. Sure. Um, and then you have um, oak Chardonnay, which is the higher end stuff. So from Burgundy that we talked about. Yeah. Um, but California mm. does very well. Um, yeah, California Zealand. was like big into the giant wood steeped Chardonnays for a long time, right? Is that California? What depends? I sat on top of a, um, a Winnebago in right. Castagna, not Castagna, that's a winery in, uh, in Australia, <laughs> um, in Napa, Calistoga. Ah, yeah, okay. it was there somewhere. Uh, Calistoga, and we bought a bottle of uh, Russian River Shardy. Mm. And it was round AF. It was just, really? it was just so big. We just kind of understood that that's the style that comes out. They of do there. from there, yeah. but then Sonoma and all around the area, yeah. beautiful, beautiful Chardonnay. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a cracking place. But also we've got um, so South Africa, Hemelard, incredible stuff at the moment, mm-hmm. and New Zealand producing yeah. so Felton Road down centre of Otago. So really, it's grown bloody everywhere. Like premium some really wow. beautiful beautiful mm. stuff out there mm. so yeah these two wines so we've mm. got a Chablis and the other one we're trying is a little half bottle of uh, Puy Fusé not to be confused with Puy Fumé which Puy I did f- earlier which no, you didn't. <laughs> you, no you didn't you just said Puy Fumé that's not weird it's that Sauvignon Blanc and yeah. that's next to Sanzer right, okay. Puy Fusé is down in the Macronet area mm. okay. and is uh, produces well well should we taste them? Yeah. Are we allowed yeah. to taste them on, on the... I think we could probably... It's for you to edit later anyway. I'll just leave it. <laughs> so, Chablis, mm. fresh, vibrant, yeah. racy acidity, mm. albeit this is a half bottle in 2018. Yeah. It's still got that... I would suggest a... This is the same vintage release as the full bottle that they've got for, mm. for Columbia, but half bottles do age a little bit quicker than um, full bottles, purely because they have... Um, the same surface area. Right. With the cork. Yeah, of course. Um, but it's still got that incredible vibrancy and raciness and fresh acid mm. um, running really through. Really nice and like tart almost. It's nice. Really nice. So then you also have the, uh, this is, we've got the Domaine Tilbert single vineyard. Um, list. I, can't, I can't pronounce that. Can you pronounce it? Domaine Tilbert, I want to say. It says Dom- Domain Thibert, but Pl- I assume it's... Le Celes? Le Celes, I'm sure. S-C-E-E-Q-L-E-Q-S, for those Le Celes. Of you amongst us. Here goes, I got corrected on a virtual tasting when I said that, so oh, I'm no. never going to say that again. Well, we've got a mutual French friend who is going to be screaming at his earphones when he listens to this, but that's fine. <laughs> of course, yes, yeah. I'm sure we'll get a text. So, there we, so this, is the, this is a totally different animal. So, oh, really Macronet... This is this is riper. This is um, barrel aged. You've got new oak in this as well. Um, mm. Quite frankly, it's a it's a richer round. Oh yeah, that is more. much richer. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the this is where that creamy um, lactic mm. acid comes in just to round it off. Which mm. you prefer the two of them? I would immediately if you'd asked me to. But if you asked me before I tried them, I'd have immediately said, "Oh, I prefer the Chablis, but I think I prefer the Prefusé." It's just it's, a bit fuller and rounder, and it's definitely a time and a place for both. Yeah, yeah. There's not to say I don't like the Chablis. Yeah. It's just that this is, yeah, this offers me something that I don't normally drink, so it's nice. Very nice. It's a little bit more premium than the um, than the Chablis. 
So Chablis full bottle would probably retail around about um, 14, 13, 14 pounds. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, the, the Tilbert is, um, the Tiber is probably around about, what, high? The full bottle is around about 20, 20. Okay. So um, he, mm. this is a very, very nice bottle mm. of Chardonnay, quite frankly. I, I, but if I was going to eat and drink this at the same these at the same time, I'd put them with two totally different types of food. You know what I mean? Like I'd almost want to be like almost shellfish or something with the Chablis because of the minerality of it. And then like we had a bit earlier, something a bit more buttery, some like Jersey Rolls and Hondas and whatnot with the with the Puy Fousset. Or am I speaking out of my rear end here? Well you so you've got the lean kind of no oak style Chardonnay, which is mm. the Chablis. Mm. Um ideally just like you said, mm. I've got a, I've got a list. Right, okay. I preempted this one. <laughs> uh, now you've got raw seafood like oysters, raw seafood like oysters, mm. sushi, sauteed fish, pate, chicken piccata. What is chicken chicken piccata? Chicken piccata is a chicken breast uh, pounded out flat, and then it's cooked. You you flour it and then you fry it, and then you cook it with some. Um, Capers and lemon and things like that. I knew you would butter. know that. It's like a, nice. a rock solid schnitzel, basically. Yeah. Oh, I choked on a rock solid schnitzel <laughs> in Australia and ended up in hospital. Well, That's the Aussies again. I was a, <laughs> got a real vendetta, apparently. You know, and I'm starting to watch that. <laughs> He's never been back. A palmy. No, that was it. Um, but I had a, I had a, um, I had a drip for a bit, so I actually came out feeling better than I went in. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So the vegetable risotto um, yeah. and more fruits. Just the stuff. Yeah, okay, like yeah, I can that. see yeah. that. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. But I think it's all to do with the Christmas and the minerality and the delicate flavors. They, they, they do like more delicate food. So like for like, you've got yeah, delicate so freshness. Like with the piccata, the like lemon juice and the acidity of yes. the like pickled brineness of the uh, capers and stuff like that, as well as the butter, would be. I might be making chicken piccata this week. <laughs> Citrus and acidity, that yeah. kind of, that, that's something mm. that naturally offsets and works together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but absolutely. at the same time, when you move on to like the fuller, mm. the fuller, the richer of mm. the two, that citrus that you're, the acidity you're using from the citrus in the, on the chicken piccata, yeah. um, helps, cut th- helps cut through. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine, yeah. So, Boulder Chardonnay wines can... And call for like crab cakes, linguine, um, halibut, um, pork tenderloin, which, uh, which funnily enough, we had earlier, earlier. yeah, yeah, uh, with apples. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I knew I missed a trick somewhere, damn it. Like, oh, well, we'll tell everyone about what we had before, it was unbelievable. Um, and then, um, so, so if you're a vegetarian, mm. then lean towards rich or starchy vegetables like corn, pumpkin, or squash. Um, mushrooms are a must. Yeah, like even if it, a barbecue, it just sounds silly, but like, uh, it doesn't sound silly at all, I don't know why I've qualified it, but uh, like literally corn on the cob with butter with this would be well nice. Corn on the cob <laughs> is one of the most underrated, on a barbecue, yet most annoying oh, yeah. things you can eat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I spend most time picking up the. Did, did you have a problem with corn on the cob in Australia? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I probably got knocked out by one somebody oh, hit me with a corner the cob. Water out of corner got mugged with corner the cob. Uh, yeah, I can see that because there'd be a whole bunch of veggie stuff that often doesn't get um, a look in because everybody's immediately like, I need you to make this chicken thing. Everybody um, plays wine with the protein, don't they? They never yeah. say, and this. Whereas actually, Shardy will play very well with the natural sugar of a lot of vegetables, yeah. mm. the natural creaminess of a lot of vegetables, especially if you also add butter. Yeah. And let's face it, how else are you cooking your vegetables? Like a jacket potato with some decent toppings and a shardy would be well good. It's so one of those it, toppings, chicken or bacon. I was just going to say butter, but yeah. <laughs> Pizza. <laughs> yes. Uh, you, did, you did one thing, you did something tonight that actually you had, you had, uh, we barbecued asparagus. Mm. So asparagus um, and um, artichoke, mm. and they're not they're not wine friendly yeah. foods, but because you were able to put it with you, you made that baby hollandaise <laughs> <laughs> was sublime. That richness and that creaminess really offset, really balanced with the actual the, the style of chardonnay. But not we didn't try it with the the chablis, which was oh no, we had it with um, we actually had it with the. Two the wines we're going to talk about yeah. next, which... Um, but it would, it would equally have worked with, certainly, the 
pre-Fusé's son. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. and elements of it would have worked with the Chablis, but it's, yeah. I haven't really thought about it. Well, there's a compare and contrast situation yeah, yeah, here, yeah. for sure, because they, I think they both would have worked. Mm-hmm. But um, but you, if you're really looking to compare, mm. you'd look, you, you, you'd go with the, the Tilbert. Mm. But if you're looking to contrast, you're going with the Chablis. Yeah. I, don't, I, Absolutely, just, I yeah. just think it's very versatile. Yeah. I like it. The other other great varieties that I do like with food are, uh, yeah, well, we could be here forever. I'm not going to go down that route. Yeah. No, I just start thinking. That's an episode in itself that's about a week long. And <laughs> yes, exactly. I just spend the whole time in the kitchen. It'd be amazing. So, yeah, as we said. That's so just my life. Ooh. I don't know why it's not an episode. It's just my life. <laughs> so, so we talked about, we talked about, um, we talked about, Chardonnay being versatile, mm-hmm. uh, all the way from bubblies all the way through to they don't doesn't do sweet wine, mm-hmm. or not that I've had one before. Right. Although we have had the most eccentric. By uh, sweet wine, you mean in terms of like literally like a dessert wine? Like a dessert wine, yeah. No, 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 no. Not that I've had one. Okay. Um, I'm, it probably I, exists somewhere. Don't know. Maybe yeah. it doesn't push far enough or something. Maybe it just. Mm. Well, it's probably just getting the. I don't know. Probably getting the. I don't know. Getting the sugar up. Why Madame Chardonnay but, from the village Chardonnay probably makes one, but that's about as far as it gets. Which is something I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Interesting. But um, there we so that the, the bubbles all the way through to the lean and the, the oaks. Mm. Um, it's aromatically neutral, so it, whilst it has its fruit characteristics and, and on different levels from whether it's made in a cool climate or a warm climate, mm. there are nuances there and differences there. Yeah. But this really matters, the winemaking process. So you have primary, secondary and tertiary in terms of Cap, uh, flavor profiles in wine. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the secondary now. Secondary is a winemaker's influence, right? Whether that's they age it in steel or um, they age it in barrel. So the primary is the actual flavor of the grape. What the grape gives. The secondary is what. The Basically, is primary is the bowl of fruit that you have on your table. Sure, gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Tertiary is um, your what happens to that fruit after it after mm-hmm. the age starts the the wine starts aging. Right. Okay. Um, and then secondary mm. is what, what the, the winemaker does wine to take it between does. the two. Right. Yeah, and that could be anything from aging on on lees, yeah. batonage, so um, so stirring those lees, um, aging in barrel, aging in steel, putting wood chips in there, mm. malolactic, allowing the wine to go through malolactic fermentation, mm. um, all of these things. Because whilst they're in the winery, mm. you have the ability to control what happens to the wine. Yeah. That said. The better a wine, the better a winemaker, they can allow it to do its own thing. Because it, it, it's almost counterintuitive. That's controversial. That's what I say, it's almost counterintuitive. In my mind, <laughs> in order to control what the end product is, in my mind, you would think that a winemaker would need to have absolute control over every facet of the production, extraction, all there that are, kind of stuff. There are winemakers who do, right? But I suppose, but I suppose is that where god help me art interrupts science a little bit where you kind of let the wine do well, its let's, own let's, thing let's rephrase it let's and rephrase you know it. enough about the product product yeah the, the production that you can just let it do its own thing and you know what the outcome's going to be if we can rephrase that so the winemaker a really good winemaker actually mm. doesn't make the wine okay oh that sounds crazy and rob is looking at me like a crazed person <laughs> <laughs> But a really good winemaker has already made the wine in the vineyard. Yeah. Right. Okay, so the okay. fruit the fruit is exactly what they want. The 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 the, the permaculture, the the right. the mic the, the, the microclimate, everything is there, the, the yeast and natural yeast and microflora, everything is it, it, as as best it possibly can. Right. And they're bringing the grapes in to the winery. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they actually don't have to do much. Right. They just got to extract the juice, put it in the vessel that they want, and then age it for as long as they need. And bosh, they've got. The yeah. Wine so you can control it once. It's bosh. Bosh. <laughs> bosh. You A can... lot of winemakers use the word bosh. <laughs> bosh. Damn. You can control it. You can control it once in the winery. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about those that minimum intervention stuff as well. Yeah. Um, on the commercial side, there's a lot more control going into that. Right? That's about repeat. Presumably, that's about repeatability from and consistency from potentially a less consistent mm. or repeatable source yeah because if you're buying grapes in by the metric ton from yeah. everybody who'll sell it to you you need a process that will deliver 100%. blossom hill you don't yeah. care where yeah. other shit wines are available yeah. yeah so if you 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 also you you've, you have the climate and the years the, the mm. different vintages which dictates um 
the quality of the fruit that comes in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Um, but ideally, you've made it in the vineyard before you've actually done it. Mm. Uh, we're talking on a smaller scale, but yeah. I'm sure it's on a, on a bigger scale too. Mm. Um, but especially with natural wine mm. um, on the on is it left or right side natural wine? What would you would you would you think natural wine is left or right? In this, in what's the, what's the scale? <laughs> in a political term. Oh, oh, very left. <laughs> very very left. left. Yeah, exactly. It was okay. like made by the people for the people. Surely it's <laughs> made by the grapes for the grapes. Indeed. Okay, so nobody, nobody can drink Mother Rock Rosé and tell me that is not socialist. I'm sorry. It's kind of ironic because, I mean, the red natural wines are so popular, but the white, <laughs> no. So there we go. So we've got, we've got, these, we've got these, um, these wines made in the vineyard and then, and then the winemaker. The secondary, secondary yeah. element is that winemaking element. Okay. Just for what it's worth, nobody asked, but I prefer the Chablis. <laughs> you prefer oh, yeah, the Chablis? Sorry, yeah. It's... No, Will asked us both, and then I just uh, rambled for a bit. There is uh, no, I can totally understand why, but there is something very clean and straightforward and eminently quaffable about the Chablis. I could drink this by the bucket load. But the the, um, the Chablis, the interesting thing, Chablis is actually got 2000, 2018, which which I would want to. It's a half pot, so it's actual it's actual current release. Mm-hmm. But um, I wouldn't mind seeing a nineteen at the moment, a nineteen or a, mm. um, even so, a twenty. But it's young, it's fun, it's. Oh, am I, um, this, this is this is this is really changing tangent. But am I right in saying, and we can cut this bit out if not? It's like the Montrachet, and all that kind of business. That's all Burgundy, right? Yeah. So, so Chassin, like the most expensive wines in the world all come from Burgundy. Is that Chassin, Puligny, yeah. uh, Merceau? They're all your white, rip dominantly fam- yeah. white fame. White yeah. um, but are they Chardonnays then, or are they just happen to be from Chardonnay? Burgundy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anything in Burgundy. 90 yeah. odd percent is Chardonnay white. Right. There's a great variety called Aligotti, mm-hmm. which is um, goes really well with um, escargot. Oh. Right, okay. Garlic, nice. parsley. Let's get some, go down the road and have some escargot. Butter, just, just delicious. Yeah. Um, there is a small appellation which does there Sauvignon There are a few better combinations than butter, garlic and parsley. No, really, really. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 you're right. I didn't think when I was I, so I worked down in um I worked down in um uh, Chalonnet. Mm. Chalonnet is in between the mainstay of uh, the Cote de Blanc mm-hmm. um and Marconnet. Mm. And you have um Givray and uh, Montigny, Premier Montigny mm. and the likes, um Bougeron and stuff. And then I worked there and the winemaker invited me around to have supper at his. And uh, it was his wife, wow. his, his daughter. Awesome. And out came these snails. Yeah. And as a, well, I'd like to say a well-travelled, cultured mm. um, you got Englishman, <laughs> Jersey boy, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, I did look at them and go, oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> I, this is the winemaker. I need, to, I want to impress this guy. He's like a hero. Yeah, um, and they were amazing. I did not mm. have a problem. I tucked in. We had Aligotti throughout the evening, mm. um, and uh, it also helps. Aligotti is twenty five percent. No, it's not. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good, and we enjoyed that. But that was really where I'd have Aligotti. We've got. Um, we got Aligotti in, in the shop about 17, 18, which is quite premium. It's, mm. it's really good from up near the Chablis okay. area. I'm um, give that a look. I think it is also worth pointing out, shout out to the competition, that there is actually a local um, edible snail producer now. There is in Jersey, yes. yes. The snail shed? Snail shack? Don't know. We will find out. But yeah, so if you want to revisit Let's Go Go and yeah, Aligotti, yeah. then you Let's can. Do it. Let's do yeah. it. If it's and local. you don't have to leave the island. In fact, I yeah. will Which is good because properly, we can't. I'll find it probably <laughs> and put it in the episode notes so that we people know what it is. He won't. So Burgundy, in general, um, having done a small stint there for three weeks, mm-hmm. just in uh, the, the Vendage. Fête de, it was the Vendage just before the Fête de Vendage. Mm. Although they decided to have a party throughout the three weeks of harvest. I think it just naturally is <laughs> one of those things. Yeah. The, um, the, they they really know how to party. Really, we used to literally okay. go awake. I, I slept in a caravan, um, and I used to get up. And when I rocked up to breakfast, there was this incredible 
in the, is in the garage and it's an incredible long um, table with just family, cousins, aunties, <coughs> uncles, <coughs> nephews, nieces, mum, dad, all that stuff, um, just having their breakfast. The French know how to sit down and have a family meal, don't they? They really do. They do, but this, this is breakfast. They have them literally having jam and yeah. French bread. I'm like, have you got any bacon? <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't a thing. But they then after this, we got went sent into the winery and we um, we stopped for our first break after the first load of grapes came mm. in. And the first load of grapes, all of a sudden, um, Hervé, who is the cousin, who's the only guy who spoke English Clicker. there. And Hervey <laughs> turned around and just said, um, oh, we're going to go put the postman. Um, my French is very broken now, but on va... On va um, on va mettre le, le, le fa- la facture sur la bicyclette. Right. And I was like, we're going to put the postman on the bike. That's weird. Mm. Anyway, it's just slang for let's go and have a drink. So <laughs> we went out That's about... amazing. What amazing <laughs> colloquial slang is that? He's so he's fallen off. Do you we're going to go put him back on. Go and put the postman and on the basically, bike. we go, went out to the back of the <laughs> <All right. laughs> We went to the back of the winery and we all had our cash crew to our sandwich and and then he'd get, they'd, we'd all have um, just arigotti mm. um, or, or, or just Ugh. chardonnay, bourgogne blanc. So just, just done a chardonnay. And we'd sit there at 10 o'clock in the morning with the first glass. And I was like... Rural France, on a country road, baguette, butter, ham, oh, glass right. of wine. Yeah. Yes. The best thing in the whole world. And then world. back to work until and Sunday. And then back to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then working in the fields all day. Maybe, maybe less so. The that postman part. kept on falling off his bleeding bicycle. He's a liability. After the third day, yeah. I, I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Just to round things off, at about four o'clock in the afternoon, we used to go and sit underneath a tree mm. outside the winery and uh, drink cremel. And their cremel, their cremel, cremel yeah. de Bourgogne, mm. which was a blend of Chardonnay and Pinot Noir and mm. um, a little bit of Aligotti. Right. And we used to sit there and just drink it. And then after about a bottle of that, you used to go back in and do all the, the washing up of the, the winery. Um, and then we used to go and sit down for a... Uh, Long a evening meal. And crazy. Uh, well, we, we sent Alex. What, well, you what are any of us doing here? <laughs> oh, well, alive. We're alive. Well, yeah, there's you that. Cannot, yeah, yeah. You cannot, you cannot mm. stick to that routine. Oh, wow. I after about the fourth day, I kept on pouring my uh, pouring my my small glass of uh, Chardonnay in her face. <laughs> <laughs> her face was shit face by the end of it. <laughs> I was fine. He's on double. But I was alive, and he's it. used to it. He was used to it. Right, okay. So Chardonnay expresses your terroir. It um, is it shouldn't taste like a tree or it shouldn't taste like a, a bucket of um, popcorn. Sure. So it needs to be balanced, whether mm. that is um, through the unwitted side or the um, the, the oak and side life, yeah. needs to be controlled. And this is where Australia um, got out of hand. Really is. Got out, we got out of hand, but it really... I, I worked in Australia too and I... I, they, I came back from there to think it's one of the top mm. wine-producing countries in the world. Actually, they are. I think that in terms of Chardonnay, I'm going to move a piece of paper here. Um, in terms of Chardonnay, the top three Chardonnay-producing countries are France, um, and then you have the US and, and Australia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but that, that they really are very good. But I, we also have a massive love for South African Chardonnay. Say, South Africa must be up there. Yeah, it is. I mean, I don't know when this was. This this kind of every time you look on, Changes. you look on yeah, yeah. as facts. Fourth. They all change. Like, yeah. all, top three. Uh, South these. Africa was like the eighth or something. What the eighth volume producing country in the world Fair. until recently so when all the ninth and all the over to Germany. Percentage and then, of grape they make, I suppose, maybe. Mm. Well, that's got to be sheer. It's sheer volume produced. Yeah, yeah. sheer volume produced. But they just uh, South Africa's just overtaken Germany into eighth, I think. So Germany's now dropped down. So we've moved on to the next two wines. What, we've poured them together, correct? We have, yes. Not, not together, together. Together, together. We've made a blend. <laughs> no, we oh, wow. We're not quite <laughs> there start, yet. Yeah, no. That's for after the podcast. So we've got two. So we were talking <laughs> about, we've, we've referred to, um, we just referred to the Australians in making incredible wine right now which they mm. do mm-hmm. and this is I went to a while ago I was um, 
10 years ago, in fact. Mm -hmm. I was drawn to Australia to go and work in a winery in Australia. Worked in uh, the Mornington Peninsula. Mm -hmm. And the Mornington Peninsula is kind of a maritime, surrounded by sea, temperate climate, which has... um, Looks a bit like I said earlier. It looks a bit like Hampshire, rolling right. hills and, and lush. So you get lush. hot. It's high. It's it's a hot place, but you get that sea kind of coolness. Why well, I say it's funny. The it's like, sea it's hot. wind and that kind of stuff it can get up to Melbourne temperatures like forty. Mm-hmm. But it can also in the winter it's cold. And yeah. At night time temperature drops. Too. Yeah, sure. Okay. So it's diurnals right. fluctuates. So it's good wine. It's good wine growing country. The soil's very low, very hot. Sorry, low in pH. Right. Which means that relates straight into the vines at low pH, so natural mm. acidity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is very good for the wines that I grow. So they grow uh, the region, which is just south of Melbourne, grows um, cool climate, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, mm-hmm. and Pinot Gris to an okay. extent. Right. Um, and they uh, they they have a they, really they must also make sparkling wine then, I would assume, if they grow on well, the They do, there. they do, but they don't. I mean, I think their the main staple is um, is Chardonnay and Pinot right. Noir. Okay. Uh, they, they, but and, never the twain shall meet. And, the, and I think I think they were, when I was there, this is this is 10 years ago, they mm. had a real kind of, not all of them, but mm. there were some of the bigger names. So this is, this is Clonal by Kuyong or Port Phillip Estate, which mm-hmm. is an outstanding, um, one of the bigger estates up on the the main yeah. the main ridge okay. um, of the area, so their actual address is um, Red Hill yeah. Road. So up in Red Hill, um, and it's it's a stunning architecturally um, built place where, and they produce some fantastic. So mm. I think the winemaker when I was there was San, Sandro Mozart, but the winemaker has changed to Glenn Haley, who I don't know. Um, is he the lead singer of the Eagles? <laughs> That's Glenn Healy, isn't it? But anyway, sorry. <laughs> uh, Come on. They, they, they've named this wine close. So Clonal and the, the Pinot Noir, which is at the same estate level, is the Masal. Mm. Masal meaning um, a mix of clones uh, within the same vineyard patch. Okay. Whereas Clonal, we're just talking about this now, I'm gathering, there was a big focus on, on clones in yeah. the Southern Hemisphere, especially yeah. in Australia. Winemakers love talking about clones, which clone is it, which clone of Pinot Noir is it, which clone of Chardonnay is it. Uh, they so give it's like different... A, it's a clone of a vine from a from the old world, essentially. So they've got like this... Yeah, you have the Dijon clone, for example. Yeah, yeah, you've got the supposed like credibility of the old, the old school vines, but you're growing it in the new world climate and that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, the clones are the pom, the, the, the Pomar clone. I'm sure it's a Pomar clone. Mm. Even if it's not a Pomar clone, who cares? Mm. It, it's the principle. It's like the, the, the fact that these clones are taken mm. and they are they replicate certain styles of mm. Chardonnay within Chardonnay. So yeah. you got the whole, and and I think the Masal is just a mix. The Pinot Noir Masal mm-hmm. is a mix of clones. Whereas I believe that this clonal would suggest that it's single, a single clone, single, single parent. Could, I single could be parent totally wrong. Let's just. I could be totally wrong. It might be just a single clone, but I I can't find mm. where it says. Well, you didn't put two. I didn't put two and two together that it's called clonal, and it was because it's a based on a clone of a old vine but yeah like I said <laughs> they, they, tweet, do, they do tend to having focus on, spent yeah. a significant part of my afternoon reading about that I probably should have worked out <laughs> so this this oh hello this Chardonnay is a mm. um, whole bunch pressed mm-hmm. whole bunch pressed basically allows more aromatics to come into the wine okay. so they probably need a bit of that because Chardonnay being a low aromatic or aromatic neutral, it wanted as much flavour out needs of the that. So as possible. What it does, whole bunch basically allows us. You've got the stems in the press, and it creates small vessels, small uh, tribute. Tri- someone, someone, someone. Tribute, tributaries. Yes, so small little <laughs> My vessels. <podcast. laughs> Small little vessels that allow the juice to run through with mm. minimal skin contact. Yeah. So that just allows less phenol, uh, less uh, phenolic mm. um, character to, to go into the juice. More just a nice, pure, pure yeah. juice itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's a good thing. They go directly into uh, French oak barriques, which have 7% of those are new. Okay. Um, so there's 7% of that. So 
the, that's not a high percentage. Because no, that's mean, like the crazy big wood flavour is from the new stuff. Well, that's the new it? stuff so, which imparts yeah, so lots of texture, vanilla spice, tannin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you've got then, so that's 30% would be probably quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be that would be yeah, yeah. a high percentage. Well, I think you definitely get that though. I mean, you do seven percent, and then um, so the rest of them would be second, third, fourth, or fifth use barrels. Um, and fermentation is spontaneous, uh, spontaneous, spontaneous, spontaneous with natural yeasts. So they're okay. taking really? the yeast okay. from the from the from the grapes. And they stuff, essentially so. just leave the casks open, don't they? Or the initial. Well, no, no, they don't. They they start. take um, they use the yeast that's already on the grapes. From yeah, the yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. As in, they don't add anything in. It's just it, because it's it was not on, commercial yeast. Yeah, because yeah. it was on the grapes. It's pressed in with the juice, so it just kind of spontaneously. It's already in there. It's, it, yeah. it's combust. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I mean, I remember it's such a. It's not very romantic, but I was told. Um, uh, kept saying, can you go and inoculate uh, Couve 5 mm. I was like do, you, do I what do, do I inoculate you put on some Al Green you light a candle so you get some grape you juice you take from Couve 5 out for a nice five. meal <laughs> yeah you get some you get some juice from there and you you, you, you get some you get the water to the right temperature mm. And then you and then you just pop in a open a packet and then it goes mm. and then that then you inoculate it by injecting yeah. it into and the couve. Nine months uh, later, a stalk comes and, and a bottle of wine <laughs> is there. <laughs> so there we go. Not as romantic, absolutely however, no way. That that I'm not putting Barry White underneath Will while he's explaining that process. By the way, I'm definitely doing that. But anyway, that's why. <laughs> and then after it's just been naturally uh, spontaneous natural. Um, Mm. Fermentation with ambient yeast. Uh, there's nine months on the lees. Okay. On the lees? On the oh, lees, okay. yeah. Nine months on the lees. And then the uh, wine was bottled without fining. Uh, oh, I didn't minimal. know. Very, oh, minimal. Really? Fining. Minimal, no, minimal filtration. Right, okay. So the filtration's been there, but the fining... Um, right, okay. Without fining. Right, okay. So, hmm. there we go. Let's have a little... And I, 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 do, I love, I love it, I love it. Okay, well that's Clonal, and um, Mornington Peninsula is a is a stunning place, really good for tourism, like wine yeah. tourism. Yeah, yeah. You can go from winery to winery and just get sucked into just enjoying every every cellar door has got just, just, hospitality yeah. oozing out of it, food at other levels. I mean, remember, remember, it's got Melbourne mm. sitting just above it. Right. So there's money, money, money just oozing down into the peninsula. The wine is expensive. Let's not knock about, mess about, to be honest. Mm. There's a lot of ha- the houses down there. It's like the Hamptons to New York. Right, okay. Uh, so it is. It, it does cost a little bit mm. um, there, but, but the quality like is the quality of it. Land down there is is bonkers. So it's, it's, it's it is comparable to, to Burgundy the way, but we're just better... Yeah. Better wine tourism, mm. more hospitality, mm. less snails, less snails. Mm. Well, <laughs> uh, well, they probably are. They don't eat. Um, yeah. They're probably, probably poisonous. Well, yeah, it's Australia. Yeah, that's true. So the next wine <laughs> after the action um, is uh, a Cote de Jura, <laughs> and well, I feel I'm lucky. You guys are. Uh, Lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, together we're lucky because this is the only bottle that we've got, actually. Um, it's, so um, let's, let's tell all these fine people that are listening to this podcast about a wine that they... It's uh, one uh, everybody uh, needs to sort after. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, we, we were given an allocation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I bas- we basically got the allocation. And you allocated that too. Which is one bottle. Yeah. Um, but we got a mixed case of, say, 24 of these type of wines to try. Yeah. Yeah. So next time the allocation comes along, we'll be then like, right, that one was a belter. Let's get, get some, try and get six of those and whatever. And whatever yeah. So this is as experimental as we get. <laughs> um, but you've got you to try these things. So uh, Cote de Jura, um, famous for uh, Vangeon, which mm-hmm. is yellow wine, mm-hmm. which is wine. Sauvignon based. Sauvignon. Sorry? Sauvignon. Sauvignon. So it's not Sauvignon, it's Sauvignon. Sauvignon. Yes. It's ah. so a noble variety to the Jura. Sauvignon. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So it's a, it's a different grape variety. 
Um, and I've got the, so basically, well, this is Marie-Pierre. Marie-Pierre, um, well, I pronounced this earlier, I'm not going to pronounce this earlier, but Marie-Pierre uh, Chevassu Fezenet um, of uh, Grange Bernard. So Côte d'Azur, this wine is a Chardonnay mm. from uh, Marie-Pierre Chevassu Fezenet. If I've okay. said that correctly, sure. Um, and uh, by uh, it's, it's, it's with the uh, Grange Bernard um, of the Jura, um, but we we're talking about Vangin, which is basically made from a seven-year varietal, aged in small oak barrels for a minimum of six years, and three months under a thick layer of floor yeast. So you might recognise floor yeast from sherry. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a yeast that sits on top. Yeah, sits on top, on top of the and wine, imparts yeah. these crazy wow. complex flavors into yeah, yeah. sherry. Yeah. So this happens with Vin Jaune. Okay. Yeah. Um, the aging method is similar to that used for Fino sherry in Spain. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's quite an interesting um, standalone mm. uh, thing that France has. Right. Um, but similar to that. But that's like a dessert wine type thing. That's like a, one of those more viscous, kind of very sweet. Is that what the yeast imparts? No, to it would be dry. Oh, it'd okay. Dry, oh, no, of course it would because the yeast would eat all the sugar out, so yeah. it wouldn't be sweet because there's a load of yeast on top. Remember how wine is made, Mike? Come along. <laughs> but so so Marie-Pierre <laughs> yeah. has made this Chardonnay mm. um, influenced in that way. Okay. Uh, but, but yeah, it's it's um, just just. To but add it's that. not a typical Chardonnay making region or something like that. Then I suppose it was on the edge. But... No, I think they, they do some really amazing Chardonnay. Okay, this is just the way she makes it. Then is it? Yeah, she's influenced or... by uh, Vajon. Right. Okay. And she wants to make this uh, in that way. Look, I don't know loads about Jura. In fact, mm-hmm. I know in so, t- hardly anything. Well, you said to me earlier it's from Jura, and I said. Scotland. You got Scottish Chardonnay, mm. and like yeah, so I didn't even know it was a place until you mentioned it earlier. So yeah, but the you point, know. I mean, the point of this is just we want. I think we should try something totally different, and this is yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like Gavina and stuff like that. These mm. are names. They're well, they're world famous names in the more than natural flex of mm. of, of the wine world. Yeah, um, and this is exactly that. It's if anything, it's had a tiny bit of sulfur added okay. right at the end. Yeah, yeah, just to um, make it a bit more stable. Exactly, yeah, mm. yeah. So, Su uh, Voili, V-O-I-L-E. E-O-I-L-E, yeah, Voile. Voile. Yeah, so sail, right? That's well, sale. Under, under, under floor. Okay. <laughs> Look, my French is very old. I did an A-level a- a- 20 <laughs> years ago, so, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, natural organic from France. Mm. Uh, the producer is uh, Chavassu, and then 2018, it's a dry white wine, medium bodied, 100% Chardonnay. So is it, is it a tw- 2018 vintage, but released this year? 2018 vintage, but released this year, correct? Right, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. well, we got it, we got it in 2020. Right, oh. I think cool. we got it 2020. Right. This year's oh, gone so you're very, saying very you've quickly. been hiding this from us then, well. Yeah, I put what it away specially, specially. What specially other secrets have you got in that stock on, room back in Love Wine? <laughs> a lot. I don't even know what it tastes like because I've never tasted them before. <laughs> uh, but this is the excitement of this one. Mm. So um, really it says it's kind of like five years to its best. Mm-hmm. So what are we at? Three, four? 22, 21. So yeah, so three. Yeah. It's better. I mean, I think it's it's starting to... It's nearly five. It's, it's, so the nice thing it. is... The we rushed it. <laughs> we rushed it. We, we decanted it. So we accelerated mm. it. Let's say that. Yeah. Um, it's organic, natural yeast, no fining, light filtration and low sulfites. Okay. So there you go. Vegan, mm. unfined, oxidative, oxidative notes. Oxidative. A little bit, but that would be just through the, through the um, through, probably through natural um, barrel, neutral barrels. Oh, I've got to say, I'm glad you love a burgundy glass. Yeah, so we're drinking these out of uh, Riedel um, oak. I do like a burgundy Oak glass. Chardonnay glasses. Oh! But the nose, what do we say? So basically, when we're looking at this, it's... It started when we first so we decanted it. When we first opened it, there was a lot of green apple in there. But as it's as it's kind of opened up, it started to move from that green apple into. It's gone into more of this caramel elements of it. But it's moved when you pick it. You know, have an apple and just before it's been pressed for cider. I used to go and help um, up at this up at Lamar Vineyards. Yeah. And when they were doing the cider presses, they used to get these 
apples that used to come in, green apples, but they were slightly oxidized. Right. So they would slightly be, they'd be starting to get a bit um, soft. I mean, windfall apple that's been sat on the ground for a yeah. week or two. Exactly yeah. that. And that's kind of what you've got. But it's a controlled oxidation. It's not a, it's not out of control oxidation. So this will stay probably with the wine for a long, long time. It's got legs galore in it. It's going to, it's going to, I think it'll last I mean, a long, it's big long ABV, time. isn't it? This is 14%. Acidity is lovely. Um, but it's got loads of character. Like that saline, saline character on the nose as well. It's salty, it's briny, it's... Yeah. A little little touch of acetone, just, and that may be the ABV talking, but... Yeah, yeah. Mm. No, yeah, no. yeah. Um, it's quite powerful in the mouth. It is, it is. It's got a big old long... Like, it lets you, lets you know that you've drunk it. It almost like in a, um, a, a spirits way. It's, and I think that is the ABV. You do get that little bit of. So if we left this, if we left, it's mm. quite quite linear on the palate. So if we left it, oh, that's what they said. That five years drinking. So maybe we want to leave it another another couple of years. Um, and start opening up, so it would start it'd become more integrated. Yeah. But uh, I'm learning delicious. on this side of things, so it's quite it's really mm. good to be able to try stuff like this, which mm. is is too young. But I know next time that when we get the nineteen. Exactly. And I think it would be outrageously good. Mm. Um, but it, we've gone literally from that, I mean, that, Chablis all the way through to something I mean, which is so obscure with floor, Chardonnay, which is with floor. We, uh, we've really, run, really have run the gamut today. I mean, it's really. Mm. Now, I should mention that we actually had this earlier with some yeah. custard tarts from Vienna Bakery in town. So good. Uh, which was absolutely insane how good it was it took away any of the kind of more stringent bits now, you know the, the alcohol part that we were talking about was just immediately just taken away by the sweetness of the custard and stuff it was unbelievable how good it was together well, the riches of the chardonnay yeah balance that sweetness yeah 100% yeah, well this is dry chardonnay it's mm. not it has a richness which but it's not bone sweetness. dry yeah it's got that because it's kind of... bone bone dry like the the, the cloner was actually quite was worked okay but it was it's it was slightly for me, for me well bone dry and sweetness mm. it's quite difficult when you mm-hmm. have when it's quite difficult say you have like ice cream and dry just a dry white wine mm. it's just not something that works yeah, yeah. for me and like I can't mm. do that but if you start having a richness of a wine be it dry which is the Jura yeah um, it starts to, it works. Mm. And then the caramel nose and association with that and the actual kind of um, the, the really ripe roasted, uh, baked baked apple, spiced mm. apple, which is what it is. It's, yeah. it's delicious. And maybe that, on the nose, you, like we say, we get that kind of, or I get that almost like Takai kind of apple dessert winey type. But I guess maybe that's the way that it's made. If that's how Fino Sherry is made, maybe that's something that the... Production method imparts into it. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. I suppose it's an association with the kind of oxidation and the and and then you've got the botrytis element of Tokai. Absolutely, yeah. Which is a sweet Tokai, which has that. Yeah, yeah. The, they will have those that that association together. Mm. So similarities. I love yeah. it. I can't believe how different they all are. I mean, I, I mean, obviously in my reading, and I've drunk a bit of Chardonnay, but if I'm honest, I'm still I've been that person that's been like, I don't drink Chardonnay. <laughs> well, this was the but, impossible I mean, one to t- to try. I wanted to literally just go out and and take all the crazy stuff, but mm. um, it's a very expensive exercise if you start yeah. taking all the Chardonnay. And you've got some amazing stuff in at the moment. I mean, you've got that. I can't remember the name of it, so I wish I hadn't started talking about it now. It's the Chablis with the really cool label that you got in recently, and I can't yeah. remember what it's called. I can't either, thanks. Uh, sorry, <laughs> so anyway, so we'll stop talking. Le Cabo? Le, 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 le Cabo, le Cabo. That's le Cabo, it. Le yeah. Cabo, yes. You've got that in it. Pull you've that got out of the fire. Yeah, well, well met. Nice. You, um, you've got a lot of um, great stuff at the moment, so you are a bit sport for choice, but this has been... But Le yeah. Cabo is definitely an, an off-the-wall Chablis. Yes. It's a... I'm not going to stick by the standard regulations and yeah, yeah. what I should be yeah, seeing yes. to do. It's got Chablis <laughs> on the label, but if I hadn't told you, you probably wouldn't have guessed Chablis. Yeah, <laughs> you just think it was a belter of a shard. Yeah, yeah, no. But uh, that's, that's fantastic. I'm glad you guys um, enjoyed that. We, did, we could probably do another Chardonnay one. <laughs> well, it feels like you, we definitely could. I mean, it Any just excuse. feels like you could do this. So the varietals are just insane we haven't even touched the sides on how many different countries actually make it so mm. you know. all of them 
Well, apparently this Canadian uh, is becoming very popular. Canadian Chardonnay, yeah, because yeah, it's so cold one. there. Hints of maple so, syrup. Right, Niagara, Pen- Niagara Peninsula. And apparently because it's so cold there, it's nice. amazing. They make it in New York State. They, you know, it's mm. unending, apparently, so... Yeah, yeah. Chardonnay's. A, right. is, you, just named, you just named two places that are quite close together. Yeah, they are quite close together, aren't they? Yeah. The whole world, everywhere. From I think Guernsey to Jersey. One thing I would love to do is is um, go and, and pop down to our friends in South Africa again because mm. the stuff that they do with Shardy is just out this world. Well, we could yeah. do Shardy volume Everything too. from the trad to the crazy, it's it's all available for Shardy those who wish it. There's some really cool is. stories about young winemakers in um, South Africa now doing their stuff. Mm. Like Natasha Williams um, is doing some really really cool stuff. Um, a lot of a lot of the upcoming female. Um, we've we touched on this before in the mm. South and a lot of upcoming black female um, winemakers, independents, and mm. just producing some banging mm. Chardonnay. You've been listening to the Love Winecast. For more information on or to purchase any of the wines in this episode, please contact Love Wine via their website, lovewine.je. From Will, Mike, and Rob, we thank you for listening and hope to see you again in our next episode.